Hi, I'm Ruth Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, on today's episode of Root Like Faith, we are continuing our summer school mini-series. I hope you're loving it. Today, we're talking about, well, it's kind of a really heavy topic, but it's very, very important. And we're talking about what the Bible has to say about angels and demons. So I hope this is really, really helpful to you uh, because like I said, it's really important. So let's get going. Well, as we continue on with our summer school mini series, which has been so good so far, I hope you've loved the guests that we've had. Today, we're talking about a little bit more of a heavy subject, I think. Um, And I think there's probably a lot of misunderstandings and questions around this topic of angels and demons. And honey, oh my goodness, I'm really glad that you're here to help us with this. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that in in pastoral ministry over the years when I've had to preach on this, it's like you feel like you've always um, drawn the the short straw, the short stick. Is that how they say that? How do you say that phrase? Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like you're sitting around the... Short straw. The, the shorts, is that is that right? Why I don't that know. Sound right. Anyways, I feel like it's like okay, guys, do I really have to preach on this? Right. Um, and so it feels like every time I preached on this subject over the years, you just know it's going to be a tough week. Mm. And so uh, it's just a reminder of of the reality of the spiritual battle that that every Christian is really mm-hmm. in. And when you bring that to awareness, when you bring that to light, um, sometimes it seems like. Uh, the enemy gets even more agitated. Right, so because we, it's real. And I think that's where, uh, that's why it's so important that we're talking about this, because there's so many misunderstandings that we have about angels and demons. Some people don't even think it's real. Right. You know, that spiritual warfare, warfare isn't a thing. Um, but okay, so let's back up and let's start talking about angels. Yeah, well, I, I know we were talking about just, um, I don't know if it was last week, a couple weeks ago when we had some friends um, invite us over for dinner and we were talking, the husband is starting a new job and it's mm-hmm. very different than what he's done in the past. It's it's more of a ministry job. And so we got talking about you know this very subject in terms of spiritual warfare, spiritual battles we face. And, um, and it, so it got us talking about just over the last 20 or so years in pastoral ministry, some of the different, I think, seasons that we've been through where mm. this battle has been more um, more real or more apparent to us, mm-hmm. it's, it's felt more intense. And I can think about, yeah, just different times in um, over, the, over the years where you felt like, wow, this is a raging battle. Like, it's just mm. really obvious. And other times you don't, you don't feel that. You don't see that. And it's just easy to kind of go about your day as a Christian and go about a week, a month, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely, wouldn't you say, been seasons where we really have experienced the reality of this spiritual battle more so than others. Yeah, definitely. And I would say, you know, like I was saying, if we start here talking about angels, I would say that there's also, because I think we always have this tendency to to think about the battle, which it is a huge battle. Um, But there's also seasons that we experience um, where it's so evident that like, you're just like, Oh my word, God is moving and working. And, and I think we take for granted 
that there are angels all around right. us. And um, we sense that peace and that hope. And I think, um, you know, a lot of that, that is the spiritual realm and world as well. Yeah. And so let's start off by talking about angels and just in general, um, what is an angel? So angels, they're real. And what are they? Yeah, that's a great. I think that's a great point because oftentimes we we focus on the negative, the, the mm-hmm. spiritual battle, um, and we forget that there's a positive side to that too, to the to the spiritual reality of, mm-hmm. of angelic beings who minister, who are messengers of God. And so, yeah, very simply, I mean, a mess. A, an angel is 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 simply that. It's a messenger of God. Mm. Um, I love Wayne Grudem's uh, definition of an angel. He says that angels are created spiritual beings with moral judgment and high intelligence but without physical bodies. Mm. And so you, know, you see um, angels mentioned over and over again throughout the scriptures, both Old and New Testament. I think it's like over 250 times Wow, um, angels are, are mentioned. And so again, that Greek word in particular for angels just means a messenger. Mm. And so an angel is a spiritual being without a body, high intelligence, great power. They, they're in the presence of God, but they, they um, minister on behalf of God. They mm-hmm. minister to God's people. And so they're messengers of God. And it's really what you were describing. Oftentimes we, we feel the negative. Uh, we, we'll talk about fallen angels in mm-hmm. a minute. Mm-hmm. But we oftentimes experience you know, the, the spiritual attacks from those fallen angels. Um, but we don't talk as much about the ways that, that God's angels minister to believers, to, mm-hmm. to followers of Jesus. And so um, as we think about angels, that, that's really um, the most simply they're, they're a messenger of God. And so I think throughout the scriptures, you, you see them referred to in different ways. Um, they're oftentimes called sons of God. Uh, they're called holy ones, um, spirits, or principalities and authorities. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they're, they're uh, messengers of God. Mm-hmm. And why do we take that for granted? I feel like we take that for granted. Like, I don't think enough. I'm just being really real here. I don't think enough about that, that there are angels all around ministering to me and how that would change my just daily life perspective if I had that in mind you yeah. know why why do we we I, we just don't take it serious enough well I think you depending on again what tradition you come from I mm-hmm. think sometimes as maybe as an evangelical Protestant we we don't talk as much about angels um, or the ways that they minister to us or guard us protect us mm-hmm. um, we talk more about you know the idea of, of spiritual attacks and the way the enemy is is trying to discourage or destroy what God is doing but um, certainly if you come from a Catholic background even even an Orthodox background you, you probably hear that language much more there's there's more of an emphasis there in particular mm-hmm. guardian angels but yeah I mean angels are, are um, you know sent by God to minister uh, on behalf of of God, and um, I think there's some some things that are important for us to remember because we want to have a healthy biblical view yeah. of what angels are. I think the the temptation sometimes is to overemphasize. You know, we, we some people can overemphasize angels, um, mm-hmm. and we don't see in Scripture people praying to them or worshiping them in any way. Um, but it is, um, I think, a good reminder that um, when you read the scriptures, I mean, angelic beings are, are in the presence of God. They're, they're used as messengers of God to minister uh, to God's people, and they do so in, in powerful ways, in ways that sometimes we see that, and many times we don't. And so I think um, it's such a good reminder um, for us. A couple um, things that I think are important to remember is that angels are um, spirit beings. And so you know, Hebrews 1 verse 14 is a good example of that. Of that. 
you know, unlike humans, um, angels do not have bodies. Mm-hmm. And so again, angels are, are spirit beings. Um, angels are said to be higher than humans in God's order of creation. So Psalm uh, chapter 8, verse 5, for example, the, the psalmist is talking about how God made man, made men and women a little lower than the angels. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet in, um, in our redeemed state, um, the scriptures talk about how we'll actually judge the angels. Um, and so those are, I think, just a couple you know, good things to remember. And then also angels are oftentimes or are frequently in the presence of God. And so you see this in Matthew 18 or Revelation chapter 5, you know, Isaiah chapter 6. I mean, angels... There are thousands, tens of thousands of angels, and they're oftentimes mm-hmm. described as being in the presence of God and, again, sent out by God to minister as messengers of God mm-hmm. you know, to God's people. Yeah, and I just want to say here, we'll put all of these references uh, to Scripture in the show notes so that if you want to study further and, and learn more about angels, you could, you'll know where to go in the Bible. Um, so, honey, I was thinking about how you know, you're talking about angels and they minister to us and you said, but we don't pray to them. Um, so I don't know. I'm wondering, I'm, I'm thinking of the listener that is wondering then what is, if I don't pray to angels, who do I pray to about angels, which obviously that's God, but what is the purpose? Like, am I supposed to ask God to surround me with angels? And, you know, like, does that make sense? It does. And I I think that that's what, you know, oftentimes you'll hear people, or I I think that's probably more, um, maybe a more appropriate prayer to pray Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, Father, uh, you know, would you send your angels to to minister to me or Mm -hmm. to be a protection, a shield Mm -hmm. around me? And so again, the prayer is directed to to God the Father, to Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. um, and and it's okay to I think ask God um, to send His angels to mm-hmm. to minister and to be messengers uh, to supply our needs, to protect us, uh, to go before us. And so I think that that seems to be a more appropriate way to ask God to um, intervene for us mm-hmm. uh, on beh- or you know um, through His angels. Yeah, and, so. and because I'm thinking of. I- People wonder, well, what's the purpose of an angel? I know we've talked about what angels are, um, but really what difference do angels make in a believer's life? Well, I think what you what you see again is you know God using or, or choosing to work through um, angelic beings to mm-hmm. deliver a message, for example. And right. you see that in the birth of Christ. And it's an angel who comes and announces uh, certain things about the coming of Jesus, the Messiah. And so oftentimes you just see, again, they're, they're messengers of God. And so mm-hmm. God uses those angelic beings um, to deliver a message, to exercise judgment sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, to bring about salvation or deliverance. Mm-hmm. And so if we, if we think of angelic beings as messengers or ministers on God's behalf, what we see throughout the scriptures is that, that God um, certainly could do all of those things by himself, but he chooses to work through mm-hmm. Uh, different angelic beings to accomplish his purposes mm-hmm. on behalf of his people. And what a sense of peace that brings uh, when we are aware of the the presence of angels. I don't know. I that's that's the that's what I'm thinking right yeah, now. Yep. Like like I said earlier, I I just think we don't have our 
um, thoughts focused on the spiritual realm enough. And I think it changes everything for us, our perspective, not just with angels, but now we'll talk about Satan and we'll talk about demons. I mean, it changes how we live every day when we have uh, awareness of what of that spiritual battle, whether we're talking about angels um, or whether we're talking about demons. So let's shift here and talk a little bit about um, Satan and demons. And I know this feels heavy. This is where it gets really heavy. It's like, oh, it's great to talk about angels, <laughs> but I don't want to talk They're about for us. Right. I don't want to talk about yeah. Satan and demons. But this is, you know, like you were saying, there's been so many times over the years, in particular in ministry, where, you know, we'll go through a few months. And I even remember saying to somebody, I just feel like Satan is prowling all around. And there's been so many times in our lives in ministry where it's clear that the enemy is, you just feel that he is after us. I don't know how else yeah. to say it. Yeah. Um, and we are in this real raging battle. And I think all of us experience that in life. And, you know, first Peter five, uh, what is that? Five, five, eight, five, eight yeah. says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Wow. That, that sounds really great. Positive, <laughs> encouraging. Well, I mean, think about who's writing that. I mean, Peter mm. knew exactly what it was like yeah. to, um, come under the, the intense, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, raging battle of, of the, of the spiritual world mm-hmm. and to, to face Satan and to be sifted by him and, to fall prey to, to Satan's, you know, tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had denied Christ and of course he experiences the, the restoration of Christ, but, but Peter knew very well, mm-hmm. um, that the spiritual battle was real. He had fallen to it. And so years later as an older man, a more mature man, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's writing these words to, mm-hmm. to Christians to remind them that, Hey, this, this spiritual reality, um, is real. And I think that's the challenge for us living here for those of us that live in the West, um, you know, we obviously live in Michigan, live in, live in um, you know, North America. So when I say the West, referring to um, North America, the United States, we oftentimes have, I mean, we have become so secular. Mm. And so to believe in the supernatural um, can be a real challenge for us because it seems archaic. Mm. And we uh, like to think of ourselves as more, um, you know, uh, progressive mm. and educated where, um the vast majority of the world, um, you know, you, you just think about other other countries, other parts of the world. The spiritual reality is very, it's very real to them. Spiritual battles, very. Yeah, I mean, Christians true. living in other countries, yep. um, it's uh, it's much more pronounced there. And so, I think you know, one of the great uh, tricks of the enemy is to again um, stay hidden and, uh, mm. to lead us to believe that, uh, this is not real. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is one of the challenges for Christians living where we live is that, um, you know, we believe that ultimate reality is just what you can, you can see right. and taste and touch and mm-hmm. smell. And there's no scientific and, answer for a spiritual right. realm. Yep. Well, I, in first Peter five, nine, which is the next verse after the one I just read, um, it says, resist him standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world yep. is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And that just kind of goes along with what you were just saying. And even just Peter, like recognizing recognizing that this isn't just this isn't just you you know right. this is real this yep. is happening everywhere and be alert be aware um, because the enemy is 
prowling around. Yeah, and I think I think you know again just a, a simple definition. You know, we talked about angels being messengers of God. I mean, a, a demon or Satan. I mean, Satan himself and then his demons um, are simply fallen angels. I mean, it's just sort of okay. a very simple mm-hmm. way of of describing who Satan is and who um, demons are. They're they're fallen angels. And Revelation twelve talks about you know that that great rebellion. Uh, I mean, it's pride is what made the devil the devil. Mm-hmm. And um, he did not want to worship God. He wanted to be God. And so the scriptures talk about that fall, um, that falling away. And so uh, he, like every other angel, was was created to be a messenger of God, to be a minister of God. And yet he was not content mm-hmm. um, to be um, a messenger of God. It was pride that led the devil to become the devil. And so he rebelled against God and took with him, the scriptures say, a third of the angels and so um, when we think about, you know, um, demons or spiritual attack from, from Satan, um, you know, we're really talking about those fallen angels that have rebelled against God, uh, who want to oppose God. They, they want to oppose God's work in the world. They're out to discourage Christians. They're out mm. to destroy the work of God in your marriage and your family and your kids' lives. Um, I mean, the, the job from the very beginning of Satan and his and his. Um, and his demons is to essentially destroy what God is up to in the world. Mm. And so, you know, Jesus talked about Satan more than any other character. And so we mm. ought to take note of that, that as you mm-hmm. read the Gospels, Jesus uh, believed in, in a literal Satan. It wasn't just an idea, it wasn't a metaphor, it wasn't, you know, figurative, but he believed in, in a, a real, literal Satan. And he talked about Satan more than any other character. Mm. And so as you, as you read through the Gospels, just pay attention to how many times Jesus refers to Satan um, and is really... Um, uh, combating his kingdom of darkness and uh, undoing uh, what it is that he's been trying uh, to do. And so, you know, John chapter 8, verse 44 is a good example. I'll read this. Um, He says that you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Uh, whoever spear whenever he speaks a lie he speaks from his own nature his own native tongue for he is a liar and he is the father of lies mm. and so you know that's just sort of one example of uh, Jesus referring to Satan as the father of lies and he is one who again wants to discourage destroy uh, disrupt all that God is mm. doing in the world and I I just wonder why uh, why the church doesn't um, and of course I'm just speaking, in general, and obviously, I'm speaking from a point of we are we've been in ministry for twenty over twenty years. Why do we shy away from this? Why does the church in general not talk about Satan very much? I just I just feel like it's almost looked at as oh you're focusing too much on Satan. We have victory, which we do, but that doesn't mean we ignore. You know, we ignore yeah. the very the real battle that's going on. But why do you think, what do you think it is that, that has us as Christians shying away from this and not talking about it a lot? Well, I think, you know, there's a great quote by C.S. Lewis and um, he, he says this, he says, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. Um, one is to disbelieve in their existence and the other is to believe and to feel an, ex- um, an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. Um, I think that's a good example of how you see within the church, sometimes you have those two extremes. You have those that don't believe in this reality, mm-hmm. and so they don't ever talk about it. Um, and then you have those that feel like Satan's under every rock. Mm. You know, they get, they get a, um, you know, a, I don't know, the, the, you know, the radio 
channel won't come in and they think a demon <laughs> is behind it. You know what I mean? So there's almost this idea that, right, right. that we give Satan too much credit. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that, that part of the challenge too is what we were talking about before where, you know, I think that we we don't talk about the the spiritual battle as much because we we don't believe in it in ourselves mm. um, or we we're scared to talk about because we don't want people to think we're kooky. Um, and so we're, we're nervous <laughs> to, to use that language. Honey, I don't think um, I have heard that word well, in such a long time. Kooky. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I mean, it just felt right. It just felt right to use that word. But, but you know what I mean? True. Like, no, I think I the reality is you just go, oh, yeah, I, like I don't want my neighbor to think I'm, I'm weird. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I'm talking about Satan or, or, you know, demonic activity. And, and yeah. so, we, so we don't use that mm-hmm. language very often. Um, and so I, I think there's a variety of reasons why we don't take it more serious mm-hmm. or as serious as we should. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I think part of our challenge is living where we do, when mm-hmm. we do, is um, for for many Christians, you know, the ultimate reality, again, is what we can we can see and touch and taste and smell. And so this idea that, that there is a real spiritual realm um, we sometimes can can be led mm-hmm. to believe that 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 seems outdated or mm-hmm. archaic. Well, and I just uh, I think a lot of times we honestly just don't even think about it because we're living our lives on autopilot, right? And we it, this whole spiritual realm, like you said, we don't want people to think we're weird. Um, we you know being a Christian is we it's like tight. Okay, we're gonna follow follow God and it's tied up with a bow and, you know, I'm going to reach my neighbor. And a lot of times we are, um, we're kind of avoiding that, the real depth of the spiritual battle. And that's what's going on all around us. And I think actually that is a tactic. Well, it is a tactic of the enemy to distract us, to make us live kind of, you know, on the surface and not realize what's going on all around us in the spiritual realm. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think, too, you know, there there are, you know, many cases where, you know, maybe there, there has been, again, excessive interest. And so, you know, yeah. we have to be careful mm-hmm. that, um, you know, that, that we are looking, and we've talked about this before, that, that we are, you know, um, holistic beings. We're, we're body and soul. And so I think it's really important. Sometimes we can just assume something is spiritual, but we also go the other direction. That's true. And we explain everything, um, you know, apart from the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there are a lot of times that, that we encounter things in our life that have a spiritual origin, you know, whether we're dealing with, you know, some kind of temptation or there's, there's deep sadness or there's, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you just sort of fill in the blank. And there are, of course, times where we need to, to look at, um, other causes, but I think we've almost gone the so far the other way where we don't even consider the the fact that that we could be encountering spiritual warfare mm-hmm. and what we're dealing with in a marriage, our own thought life, or just in our own soul and our own emotions might be the result of some kind of spiritual attack. Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of gone the other direction where we mm-hmm. sort of explain those things away. Um, and so really quick, I know we're going to end with some practical things, but I want to just, you know, again, for clarity's sake, point out a couple things about Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, according to Revelation chapter 12, he evidently persuaded one third of the angels to join him in his rebellion against God. Second thing I think is really important to remember is that he led the first humans, Adam and Eve, into rebellion. You read about that in Genesis chapter three. Um, you know, he, he leads them astray and essentially um, causes them to, to disobey and to fall from um, from grace, 
And then thirdly, um, we, we also see that, that he really does seek, and we've talked about this, he really does seek through a variety of tactics to, to prevent people from being reconciled to God. And so you see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, um, verse 4, or Matthew chapter 13, verse 49. I mean, Satan is, is actively working to blind mm. and distort the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so he's working to prevent people from coming to faith in Jesus. And so I, I think that's a, a really good thing to, to keep in mind um, as we're praying, as we're being alert, as we're thinking about um, our own local church or marriage or family, that he's really working, again, to discourage, disrupt, and even prevent people from from knowing God mm. um, and walking with him and, and trusting in him. Mm-hmm. And so I think those are just a couple um, other things to, to kind of bring uh, bring to mind. Mm, that's good. And so we've obviously kind of described and talked about angels and Satan and demons. And I think, well, you know how I love to end practically all the time, but this is really, really important. It's like, okay, what does this mean for us? Like this is the reality of the spiritual realm that maybe some of some of our listeners, um, you might be listening and thinking, oh my word, I just, I don't take this seriously enough. And you're not alone in that. I would say that's probably the majority of us. Um, and so how does this practically apply to my everyday life? How is this relevant? And you might be wondering that. Um, How should this change the way we live as a Christian? If we are aware that there are angels around, and then there is this battle with Satan and the demons who want to distract us, who want to tempt us, who want to lead us away from God. Um, how does this change my the way I live daily? Because I am now I'm aware of this. Um, and so we want to end talking practically about how this should change our everyday life. Um, well, first of all, I think obviously just being aware that we're in a battle. Um, I think you've said this before, honey, it's, it's very dangerous to be in the midst of a war and not realize it. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's, yeah, the first for sure. I mean, to know you're in a war is one thing. Um, and then to be walking down the street and um, for there to be a war going on and you're oblivious to it. Uh, right. You don't want to be that another. guy. Yes. That's, that, that's a bad place to be. Right. And so I think you're exactly right to understand that we're in. That there's a real conflict happening. And that's mm-hmm. the narrative of the Bible. The story of the Bible is that there's a God who created the heavens and the earth and that Satan um, rebelled against God and he's leading others in rebellion against mm-hmm. God. There is the kingdom of God, but there's also this kingdom of darkness that mm-hmm. opposes God and um, there's warfare going on, right? And and it's in the midst of that battle that that God comes to us in the person of Jesus, and He redeems us and saves us, and He calls mm-hmm. us out of the kingdom of darkness. But that battle still ra- rages on, mm-hmm. and so for anybody that that pledges allegiance to Jesus, they also sign up for warfare. They they mm-hmm. sign up for this battle. There's this real conflict, and mm-hmm. Satan hates you not primarily because of who you are, but because of who Jesus is. Mm. And so I think that when we think about spiritual warfare, we need to remember that this is primarily proactive. Um, Mm. It is uh, sons and daughters of God um, charging the gates of hell. And and so oftentimes we think of spiritual warfare as just we kind of go about our day and Satan attacks us. Mm. But really the Christian is to be on the offensive. Yeah. And uh, as we are joining God in his work in the world, we're going to encounter um, this this battle in, in real 
tangible ways and in different ways throughout throughout our mm-hmm. lifetime. But I think you're exactly right to remember that there is a conflict. Yeah, it's. I just love that. It's dangerous to be in the midst of a war and not realize that. I mean, nobody wants to be in the middle of that, but we shouldn't be afraid. Yeah, and I think that's the second point. I think oftentimes when we talk about spiritual battle, I mean, it, it, it is it is real. Um, and the Bible never calls us to be fearful. The Bible Mm-mm. calls us to be wise, to be alert. Mm, I love that. And I think that's, you know, you read that already in First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, where mm. we're, we're to be alert, we're to have our eyes wide open, we're to be awake to the spiritual reality that exists, to the enemy that, that wants to destroy um, what God is doing in our life. And so to be alert is really, really important, to have our eyes wide open to the different ways, to the devil's schemes. Um, mm-hmm. And there are, are a variety, mm-hmm. uh, as, as Paul talks about in Ephesians 6. And so I think that's the second thing. The third thing is, I would say, is stand firm. Mm. And so oftentimes, I think what, what happens is when we are attacked by the enemy when we encounter spiritual warfare it's easy to give up it's easy to quit it's easy to get discouraged um, mm-hmm. you're a parent it's easy to give up doing what god has called you to do in your family um, you're fighting for your marriage it's easy to to quit that mm. um, you're in a local church and things are difficult mm. and you're thinking about leaving and going to another church i mean there's all sorts of examples mm. where we can not persevere we cannot endure Mm. and i think that's one of the tactics of the enemy is he wants you to quit he wants you to become discouraged Mm. to doubt the gifts that god has given you perhaps um and to uh to essentially give in and Mm. i think honey i have to stop here because that what you just said there are so many people in that place who feel discouraged with the church they're at and they and they don't know how to handle what they're going through or what they're feeling towards whatever's going on. And so they just they just want to quit and leave. And obviously, we've been in ministry for over 20 years and seen this happen over and over again. And I just want to say that I cannot even... I, we Pat, you and I would both say that almost every single person that has done that, that the enemy has used that in their life to actually lead them astray. Right. And so this is a really, really important thing to pray through and work through and and be stand firm and be wise and instead of walking away from whatever issue you're feeling you know that you're struggling with um face that head on and talk to whoever's you know in in leadership talk to or if there's a if it's you know, a problem you're having with a friend there or whatever at your church, don't walk, don't let the enemy get in there. Yeah, because the enemy ultimately wants to bring division. I think exactly. you see that over and over again. And you just think about the last year and a half with COVID mm-hmm. and the way that has uh, isolated people, it's mm-hmm. divided people, and you see that within the church. And mm-hmm. so I, I think we are are foolish to think that there's not mm-hmm. a demonic um, element to what mm-hmm. we've seen over the last year and a half in terms of its impact on the church, the body of Christ. And the way uh, many Christians have turned on one another, they've, they've turned mm-hmm. on maybe their leadership, they've turned on their church. And um, I think it's really, really important for us, um, you know, to remember that, that there quite possibly is a spiritual element yes. to what is going on mm-hmm. in your particular situation. Mm-hmm. And so, I, again, I think we're foolish to not see the, the enemy's tactics in mm-hmm. um, just that, uh, that reality mm-hmm. um, and what, what the church has experienced over the last year and a half because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And how God can, I mean, how Satan can use differing viewpoints and everything yep. else amongst your friends, you know, that you're in, um, that you're in community Absolutely. with to, to kind of 
start to sever those relationships. And like you said, you become isolated and then you walk away from that community because you don't know what to do. And I, I just, we have to be alert and stand firm, be aware of every situation that Satan can use to get in. Yeah. And, and I just, this is so important to me because I can't even tell you over the years I could just, it's like person after person that this has happened to. Um, So, and lastly, I would say just, you know, and this seems pretty obvious, but we always need to be reminded to arm ourselves with God's word. Um, Because when we know who God is, we can stand firm. And I think you see that again in the life of Jesus when he's tempted in Matthew chapter four, um, Mm. where, um, you know, you see uh, the devil tempting Jesus, you know, how he responds how he withstands that temptation is that that he uh, quotes scripture back mm-hmm. to the enemy he he reminds him of what is true and uh, he always responds it is written and mm-hmm. so i think that 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 is our best defense is that we that we use um god's word and we you know saturate ourselves in god's word mm-hmm. and i think it's really important to remember too is is we we're talking about this like we we do like Satan has been defeat. He's been disarmed on the cross. You know, mm. Paul, Paul talks yeah. about in Colossians, and so um, we do need to remember that that the the presence of Satan, the presence of this spiritual battle, is very real and still very powerful. Um, but but Satan knows his days are numbered, which is why he's working so hard and so um, tenaciously to disrupt what God is doing. Mm. And so we do. Uh, fight a defeated enemy, but he's still a powerful enemy. He still mm. is at work in the world. And so I think that we need to really arm ourselves with God's word. We have the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in us. Mm. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And so greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, mm-hmm. um, the scriptures say. And so I think as, as believers in Jesus, we need to remember that we possess a great power, God himself dwelling in the believer through the the presence of the spirit. And so we need to walk by the spirit, stay in step with the spirit. We need to know God's word, memorize God's word, declare God's word, Mm -hmm. and really walk um, in victory uh, because Jesus has defeated the enemy. He has been crucified, resurrected, and he is reigning. And Mm. one day he's going to return and the enemy knows that. Mm. Amen, honey. Yes. And I just, you know, I I keep thinking, you know, After you're done listening to this episode, I think what would be so helpful for all of us is to just really reflect on the different areas of our life, um, whether it's in your home, uh, in your marriage, uh, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with some friends, your relationships at church, um, your work, whatever it is, just take some time to reflect on where you're at and where you might not be realizing that the enemy is trying to get a foothold in your life. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's really just maybe one last thing, just really appropriate to, I think, for somebody that's, that's you know, in that place where they're recognizing, you know, the, the battle is intense in their marriage, their home, um, in a relationship uh, to, because I remember there were times where we, we, we experienced some of those uh, seasons that were more intense than others. And mm-hmm. I remember like getting up in the middle of the night, and, like going yeah. from, from room to room and just, you know, praying over, um, you know, those rooms, mm-hmm. uh, reading God's word out loud. I mean, mm-hmm. declaring scripture. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just on a very practical level, it might look like that, taking mm-hmm. God's word 
and reading it, um, you know, out loud or, or praying mm-hmm. um, in each room of your house. Again, just declaring who Jesus is and what he's accomplished, declaring the victory that is ours and, um, and really going to battle in that way uh, mm-hmm. with God's word. Uh, with God's help to to again um, just ask God to come and to minister to us, to protect us, uh, to come to our defense, to send his angels to minister to us and yes. to protect us, to go before us and behind us on every side. And so maybe th- those are some practical things that, that um, mm-hmm. you know, our friends uh, here at Root Like Faith can, mm-hmm. can do in their own home, in their own family, their own marriage or relationships or even their church yeah. um, to go and, and to pray um, from room to room and to pray over that sanctuary, to pray for their pastor, their elders, their leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just to remember that, that we are in a battle mm-hmm. and, um, and we need to use the weapons that God has given us. Mm, that's so good. And I, and I just had this one last thought. Uh, we will make sure again that we put all of the scripture we've talked about in the show notes and maybe a resource or two if you want to um, dive into this even more. Well, friend, we are so, so grateful you have joined us. If we haven't met, we want to get to know you. Listen, it's been so fun to get messages from you on Instagram. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. Also, don't forget, like I said, everything we talked about will be at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. Again, we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. Would you do us a big favor and leave us a review or rating and share this podcast with your friends? It just takes a second and it's a tremendous help to us as we spread the word about Root Like Faith. Be sure to tag us on social media when you do that. We're so, so grateful for your help in getting the word out. All right, friend. Well, we will chat soon and we hope you have the best week.